You're listening to RM Channel 001. This is Stormtrooper 1. In case you were just way too busy to listen to our last show, this is what you missed. I'm so baffled by Ryan Johnson, though. (laughs) (laughs) Because I'll tell you why, Dave. I don't think I've shared that on the show before. He molested me. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> me too. Me too. I'm just joking. Please, nobody take this seriously. We're going to make headlines. Host of Star Wars fan show <laughs> accuses, accuses Ryan, Ryan Johnson, Johnson of molestation. <laughs> <laughs> he touched me with a lightsaber. I told him I'm not afraid. He says, you will be. <laughs> He told me into the cave you must go. And then I was like, don't try it. <laughs> <laughs> Warning from the back to Tane contains adult language and discussions. If you're easily offended, do not continue. We would be honored if you would join us. Workups on your condition indicate that all damage has been reversed. Recovery is total. I believe you have been quite fortunate. No further thanks are necessary, Commander, but you are most welcome. It is my function and pleasure as a matter of royal to help and heal you I am a Jedi, like my father before me. All right. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Star Wars from the Back of the Tank. I'm Michael Flores, your host. And uh, I'm in the studio with David Savall. Hello, David. Hello, everyone. All right. Do you have your lightsabers ready? Lightsabers ready and armed. All right. Just um, don't rub the lightsaber too hard. We don't, it's purple. We don't want to ignite all over the studio, please. <laughs> I just cleaned this place up. I don't need... Uh, I don't need any of that. I, you I don't just, need metal chlorians on the walls. I don't need that type of mess in my life at this time, okay? <laughs> but remember, Mike, the force is what binds us together. Is it? <laughs> it doesn't bind me to you, David. <laughs> I, I the- hope it repels me from you. <laughs> it repels you. <laughs> All right, so we got some news to get through today. Uh, George Lucas has recently revealed what he would have done with Star Wars Episode Seven through 9. And I, it, feels, it feels like I'm the... Me and Sam Whitner. Is that the Whitwer? The voice of Darth Maul is like the only fans of Star Wars that are actually excited about this idea that never happened. And I'm baffled because to me, it feels like the very core concept of Star Wars. And uh, for so many people to be happy that George Lucas sold Disney or sold Star Wars to Disney, it it kind of uh, amuses me because... I don't know how his idea is any different than any of the newer items of new elements that we have received recently in Star Wars. No, you're right. I mean, like I when I first saw this, when I first saw this bit of news, I was actually really excited to actually hear what George Lucas originally had planned for his uh, honestly for his masterpiece. It's not uh, Star Wars is by far George Lucas's masterpiece. And to be able to actually see what he was planning on doing is really cool. I mean, I 
I may not have been the biggest fan of the prequels and some of the stuff that it introduced, but the idea that what he wanted to go with, a lot of that stuff we saw in Clone Wars, and that was brilliantly done. Yeah, and we're going to get into all of that because um, a lot of people are assuming he was going to go the route of midichlorians because he did connect the midichlorian concept into this idea. And I'll be the first one to admit, Dave, that I was not too keen on the midichlorian idea back in 1999 when we first saw it on the screen. I was amongst the fans. They were kind of like, well, you took some of the mysticism away from Star Wars. Uh, However, if it was handled differently throughout the years and based on this little snippet of news that we have on his concept, I feel like it could have brought it would have gone full circle. It would have brought the mysticism back. I feel like George Lucas knew that people hated that midichlorians idea so bad that he kind of just let it go. But if we were able to go full circle, I think it would have brought it right back to where we started way back in new hope when it was first described to us as this, you know, this mystical force, this energy that binds the galaxy together, except you and I were repelled, especially when you <laughs> hold on to your lights, they were too tightly. Now taking this, this, uh, what was it? An interview between George Lucas and James Cameron for a book. Yeah. It was for interview for James Cameron's book. All right. So there's an article that I pulled from independent.cu.uk that kind of delves into this interview. Uh, that was part of a, a book that James Cameron is working on. Correct. Yes. All right. So ever since George Lucas revealed that Star Wars was not the first chapter of a saga, but the fourth part of a nine part story, people have speculated over where the filmmaker was going to take the series. Of course, following the original trilogy, Lucas wrote and directed the prequels, three movies that told Anakin Skywalker's story as he transformed into Darth Vader. However, Lucas was never able to make the sequel trilogy. Of course, Disney purchased Lucasfilm and created their own set of movies, only taking on board notes from the series creator rather than telling his story. The uh, 74-year-old has been particularly coy when talking about his vision for the sequel trilogy, and rightfully so. I I feel like this guy has been beaten uh, to a pulp and that he's probably not even recognizable. Uh, I'm surprised he hasn't slit his wrist and hung himself uh, simultaneously (laughs) because the the fans are just evil. Forget Kelly Marie Tran. George Lucas was George Lucas was the was the punching bag for every fan that that was like, oh, you destroyed my childhood, George. Oh, <laughs> yeah. So Lucas hasn't really been keen on the idea of, of sharing it. However, last year, uh, an accompanying art book for The Last Jedi revealed some initial sketches that Lucas had made for the sequel trilogy, including artwork that saw Luke Skywalker training a new disciple named Kira on a secluded planet, very reminiscent of Octo. How do you say that, Dave? Octo. 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 That's right. Uh, Thanks to commentary from Lucas and another accompanying book, James Cameron's Story of Science Fiction, which comes out alongside the AMC series of the same name, we have further information about the sequels. According to the interview, the three movies would have centered on something established during the ill-received prequels. Go fuck yourself for saying that. Uh, Midichlorians. Established during The Phantom Menace. The microscopic life forms were said to live everywhere and within everyone. See, that to me, I don't have an issue with that. It's the way he took a blood sample. I think the way Qui-Gon, it turned this concept that feels like on paper, it was meant to be very mystical. And when you see Qui-Gon taking a blood sample from Anakin, 
it becomes clinical. Yeah. And it, and that was kinda, the problem. It was the execution. It wasn't it was the, the execution. Con- it was not the concept at all. It was just that one moment. I'm like, really? You can take a blood sample and, and figure out how strong someone is in the force? That's not cool, bro. So that's the biggest problem. And I think that if they would have taken this idea, which we're going to get into in a moment, because I like to stutter step and edge people into gratification. That's how most people like it, right? Yeah, slow and steady. Yeah, slow and steady. Um, I feel like just a couple minor tweaks would have fixed the entire concept. So Anakin had the biggest count of midichlorians, as we saw in Phantom Menace. Uh, he says everyone, this is George Lucas, everyone hated. We need to get like an Eeyore song in the background every time we <laughs> quote George Lucas because he's just so morbid. Well, the funny part is all the pictures of him talking about this show him face palming. Yeah, he's, mor- so he's so morose. He's just morose. morose. It's like the, the fans shat in his bowl of cereal <laughs> every morning. So he says everyone hated it in Phantom Menace when we started to talk about midichlorians. Lucas tells Cameron, who conducts the interview, there's a whole aspect to that movie that is about symbiotic relationships. And that's what should have been fleshed out. Yes. Because that makes sense to Star Wars. To make you look and see that we aren't the boss, that there's an ecosystem, a balance, if you will, right? So that that all makes sense for me. Again, taking a blood sample as if you're checking for the HIV, that's where it becomes an issue. Yes. The article continues, how would that have related to the sequels? The next three Star Wars films were going to get into a microbiotic world, he says, about his concepts for 7 through 9. He continues, but there's this world of creatures that operate differently than we do. I call them the wills, and the wills are the ones who actually control the universe. They feed off the force. That's fucking cool. That's cool. That, on paper, when he says it like that, it sounds like a really fantastic idea, especially when you take it to context about, you know, like uh, Rogue One, when we get introduced to uh, Donnie Yen's character, the Guardians of the, the Wills. Guardians of the Wills. Yeah. And it would have been really interesting, but I agree with you. It comes down to execution because like. If they did the whole thing like what they did in Phantom Menace where it's based on a blood sample, it it ruins the fact – it kind of basically ruins the idea that anybody can basically be be a force. It should have been more like Qui-Gon can see it. Yeah. Yoda can see it. There's so many midichlorians in this that surrounds, you know, a virgins. Like we've heard – we've discussed this in depth in our our Star Wars discussions, what a virgins is. You can see it. Take away the blood sample. Throw it out the fucking door. Yeah. And focus on the fact that Qui-Gon can sense it and can see it. And only someone who is in tune with the Force can see that. Then suddenly, the mysticism is back. Now, according to this article, it says, any Star Wars fan worth their salt will recognize the Wills. Uh, The first movie was initially part one of the Journal of the Wills. Yep. Before being retitled Star Wars and then retitled Star Wars Episode Four: A New Hope. Uh, the wills present in Luke's, Lucas's earliest drafts were an order of immortal beings who seemingly controlled everything, everything through the force. And he says, back in the day, I used to say, ultimately, what this means is we were just cars, vehicles for the wills to travel around. See, now that now makes it sound silly again. He probably should have used a different analogy because that does sound pretty bad. It It does. Lucas tells Cameron, we're vessels for them. Sounds cool. Now he repairs it. 
And the conduit is the midichlorians. The midichlorians are the ones that communicate with the wills, the wills in general sense. They are the force. All that sounds cool. He probably should have picked a different analogy. Uh, that's the thing. That's the problem I always felt with George Lucas is like, it's just that his execution sometimes is lacking. Is like, okay, I got this great idea. And then he puts it out there and it's like, um, maybe you should phrase it differently. Yeah, we have to or go you back. have to do it different. We have to go back to our Sith teachings, David. And first off, this is, you got to remember some of the inspirations derived for Star Wars. And we always say this and we're always going to go back to that is the Princess of Mars stories. The Edgar Rice Burroughs and the mystical element of that story is very sounds very similar to the idea of the wills. Yeah. And this overseeing beings that kind of control everything that's in that's connected with everyone. So I feel like it works in, in numerous ways. Now, again, the people that are complaining, because I've seen so many people on social media belittling this saying, Oh, anybody that complains about Ryan Johnson, just read this. I'm like, mm. Bad example, bro. Bad example. Because how is this any different from Mortis? Exactly. That's what I was going to bring up is like, if you take characters that we've all talked about that have been introduced in Clone Wars and those stories that dealt with more in-depth discussion about the Force, you have Mortis, you have the father, the the daughter and the son, you have the multi-faced beings that confront Yoda, uh, Yoda. in his final adventures in Clone Wars, that's all tied to the wills or what George Lucas wanted to have the wills. And honestly, when you take a step back and you look at it, man, that would have been a really interesting ride to actually see where he would have gone. Well, Sam Witwer, it's Witwer. I'm looking at his his Twitter account now. He actually tweets this out and he agrees with us. What's people's take? He's being very diplomatic about it. He asks people, but then shares his own opinion. See, this guy's a genius at social media. This is how you do it. You <laughs> ask a question, but then kind of answer your own question. <laughs> he says, what's people's take on this Wills thing? My favorite episodes of Clone Wars were when Lucas went deep and weird with the Force. And he put hashtag Mortis, hashtag Yoda arc. Yep. This is a guy that gets it. He understands this is the very foundation of Star Wars. Um, and let's read once again for the 75th time on the show. Let's read the the Mortis explanation from the Star Wars wiki. Mortis was an ethereal realm within the Force, which was whispered over in legends and stories passed down through the millennia by the Jedi and Sith. Mortis was a realm of the Force which contained dreamlike environments. It could not be mapped, and even its landmarks appeared in different locations frequently. The whole concept of Mortis being governed by the father, the daughter, and son. The balance of the Force. This all feels metaphysical, much like the Metaclorians do, and this idea of the wills. So, again, I think sometimes people need to quit following some Star Wars fans. They're very quick to follow the herd because one person years ago made fun of midichlorians. Suddenly, everyone has to follow suit and never can go back and look at it objectively based on their own opinions and the years that have gone by and the things that we have gotten from Lucas that are pretty much still the idea in a different kind of reshaped 
midichlorians. I mean, Mortis, the father, the son. To me, that sounds like the Wills. To me, oh, yeah. that sounds like Mortis. We already know he trashed the Wills idea. And then him and Filoni working on Clone Wars came up with this idea of, the, of Mortis, the father, son, and daughter. And suddenly he kind of reshaped that idea into, into Star Wars. And yet Clone Wars is considered one of the 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 greatest Star Wars installments that we've ever gotten by numerous fans. And, and don't forget, dude, I mean, not only did they actually uh, delve into that in Clone Wars, but in Rebels, in the final episodes with Ezra. A world between worlds. A world between worlds. And it, it if that was George Lucas's uh, vision, and by all account, that is what George Lucas was envisioning because Dave Filoni has stated that he based a lot of his forced storytellings on yeah. original concepts of George Lucas. And, and Lucas was in the seat with Filoni during Clone Wars. That that was his baby as well. It it makes me sad thinking that basically and especially when you read the the more of the article and more of his uh answers to James Cameron, he, he the reason why he scrapped it was and at the very end he says, well, everyone would have would have hated it anyhow. <laughs> and I'm like going that's that it, it is so sad that basically we never would have yeah. gotten something like can this. we do some fan art for george lucas <laughs> we saw we see all that silly fan art for for rose tico's character or for rose tico I'm like can we have some fan art for george lucas hey, i mean this on. guy well, this guy needs a support system please obviously four <laughs> billion dollars isn't enough support for this man <laughs> yeah i feel for george lucas and yes people may say well he's you know a billionaire but at the same time this guy was so devastated by fans and riddled to death that he sold his life's work yeah i'm sorry i i i'm in the context yes he's a billionaire but at the end of the day he's still a filmmaker and a creative mind yeah and to be told as a creative mind that you suck and you don't you shouldn't be making anything that's shattering for a person who's that creative and i'm gonna go out on a limb here you know i'm gonna say something very ballsy dave if people don't like the prequels i don't think they're star wars fans i'm just gonna say it i agree your trilogy your new hope empire strikes back return of the jedi fans if you're only a fan and that's your always your go-to david always well new hope return of the jedi empire you're not a star wars fan you like three movies is yeah. what you like. You're a fan of three movies. If you don't like the prequels, you don't like the Clone Wars cartoon, you don't like Rebels, you don't like Force Awakens, you don't like Return of the Jedi or you, The Last why are you Jedi. you that you're a Star Wars fan? You're not. If you don't like one out of those, what, ten movies roughly that we have now? How many do we have? About ten? Ten. Yeah. If you, you don't, if you don't like Clone one Wars. or two out of those ten movies, but you can still watch it and enjoy it, then you're a Star Wars fan. But yeah. if you hate on everything everything and you always go back to new hope then you liked a certain set of movies that came out 40 plus years ago you're, you're not a fan of star wars you're so just move on Qu quit 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 beating me over the head with your toxic smelly dick i don't want to hear it anymore <laughs> i don't want to taste it I'm i don't sorry. i don't want it <laughs> what type of food is this <laughs> <laughs> never mind but but this is where you take the concept of george lucas because i'll say this until the cows come home dave until the banthas come home george lucas an amazing story man not always the best director and if someone else would have taken this concept and executed it it would have come off really cool oh yeah absolutely because look what dave filoni did 
Yeah. Maloney was able to take those ideas and literally craft an absolute hallmark yeah. in Star Wars history. Exactly. And that's what maybe in retrospect possibly Lucas could have done besides selling to Disney. He could also just kind of taken a backseat. Say, hey, here's the story. I'm not going to write the script. I'm going to do the story. I'm going to write the full story. I'm going to executive produce. I'm going to put my creative mind behind the scenes. And then I'm going to bring on the J.J. Abrams, the Ryan Johnsons, and whoever else is going to be directing next hour's movies, and then say, hey, you guys will direct. But I'm going to be writing the stories. You guys can clean them up and, and, and script it for screen. Because that's kind of where he failed, is just the screenwriting process. He wasn't, he wasn't the greatest screenwriter. No. He wasn't the greatest director either. He's, an, he's a fantastic producer, fantastic story man, and fantastic creative mind. Yeah, he's a fantastic idea man. Yeah. Like if you said if I remember seeing like old behind the scenes makings of Star Wars, watching him storyboard was he's a genius. It was a clinic. He's a genius. And, that, a genius. and that's why I hate when people belittle his talent, because he is a genius. Through and through. All right. So. Is it safe to say, Dave, you're you were OK with Lucas's? Yeah, idea for seven through nine then so you and i are on the same page yeah absolutely because like so you it, me it, sam Whitwer, we're we're all three of us right we're all we're together yes <laughs> it seems like we're the only ones <laughs> because we're the last bastion of hope yeah I, it's weird man it's so strange to see people like hate so hard on the prequels and i go back and watch them i'm like like okay so and i don't want to regurgitate my own toxic penis <laughs> but the issues with last Jedi, cause I've had some people recently who have, and I'm going to say that I have to repeat myself from time to time for the, and I apologize to the, the ongoing listeners, Dave, but we have hundreds of new listeners, every new episode that comes out. And I, I don't hate the last Jedi. I feel like there's some big writing blunders that messes it up. I don't even hate Rose Tico. I feel like Rose Tico probably should have taken more of a supporting role along with every other actor outside of Ray, Kylo Ren, Luke, and Leia. Yeah. You need to support your core. Instead, we have miscellaneous strands of narrative all over the place, and it makes no sense. They even fizzled and, and amounted to nothing it's in the, the story. It's the execution. Right. That was my problem. So I, I, that's why I feel it's weird when people complain about Revenge of the Sith and Attack of the Clones and Phantom Menace. You may not like everything we got, and some of it may be a little cheesy for you, which is what Star Wars is, by the way. It's a little cheesy. But it was a, a full, well-realized story with, with no narratives that just disappeared and fizzled. Imagine if we introduced Obi-Wan to Padme in and, and, and Attack of the Clones, and suddenly we didn't finish their story, and uh, Padme went off to her own little storyline that amounted to nothing. Uh, nothing it, yeah. We don't see those types of writing blunders in any of George Lucas's movies, and we don't see it in Solo. We don't see it in Rogue One, and we don't see it in Force Awakens. The only time we see it is when a director wrote a movie as well, like Ryan Johnson. He probably should have had someone else write the movie for him rather than him write, direct, and produce. Well, the funny part is when you take a look back, most and of I'm the... calling it right now, Dave. Ryan Johnson will not be writing the next Star Wars movie by himself. I guarantee it. If we end up seeing his trilogy, right? If. Okay. That's if, a big if. If we end up seeing his trilogy, which I'm 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 gonna say we gonna we're gonna see it. I know a few months ago I said that they're, they're gonna find a way to conveniently make it disappear. <laughs> disappear. And say, oh, you know, Ryan Johnson's kind of moved on. 
so they can save face. I'm going to say they're going to do it. They're going to wait quite a bit of time, though. 2021, 2022, around there. They're going to wait. They're going to wait. They're going to wait. And when you do, you're going to suddenly see Ryan Johnson write the story. And you're going to have someone else actually write the movie itself, the screenplay. Because I don't think he's an excellent writer. He's a good director. The visuals in Last Jedi are some of the best. Some of the best visuals we've seen, especially uh, at the towards the end of the movie. Absolutely, yes. But um, he kind of failed as the writer. I mean, even JJ, who's a uh, who's a an amazing director in his own right in terms of blockbuster. He's got the blockbuster template down. Say what you want about JJ, but he knows how to write a summer flick. A summer flick. I don't Flicks. know what that is. A summer <laughs> flick. But what does he always do? He always has a writing partner. Yes. Lawrence Kasdan wrote Force Awakens. I Lawrence Kasdan and John Kasdan, I believe is the son's name, yes, wrote Solo, which are two of my favorite installments so far of the new era of Star Wars, Force Awakens and Solo. That's and, why I'm kind and, of sad that Lawrence Kasdan made that comment that basically, yeah, this is my final Star Wars film I, for Solo. I, well, if, jo- if John Kasdan can, can bring about some of his dad's skills, because he, from what I keep reading, he's the one who carried most of the weight of Solo. Yes. So if we can keep having Kasdan's connected to Star Wars, because look, my favorite movies, okay, the two, the two, two of my favorites in the new era of Star Wars is Force Awakens and Solo. Empire Strikes Back is my absolute favorite. Who who wrote Empire Strikes Back? Kasdan. Kasdan. So there's a there's a there's a fucking pattern there. Let's stick with it. <laughs> and most of the time, most of the time, even outside of the movies. When uh, I know when Rebels was actually the, the episodes that Lawrence Kasdan actually wrote for Rebels and Clone Wars, those were really damn good. And, and some of them were my favorites. Yeah. And just to get off topic for a, a moment, Dave, Rogue One was fun, right? Yeah. But I honestly feel Rogue One was cool. I loved it. I didn't have a problem with it. But I honestly think if it didn't end with Darth Vader yes. like it did, I don't think it would have been received as well as it was. I feel like a lot of people that sent people through the roof. That was them grabbing a hold of their lightsaber like you and just igniting all over the place. Igniting all over the place. Because and, it, and don't, don't get me wrong. I also was doing that as well. It was, you know, I think it was all over the place, Dave, in the theater. Oh, yeah. And I was one of them. <laughs> <laughs> but imagine if they didn't end the movie like that with that that just amazing <laughs> Vader scene that we've always wanted, have always asked for. It probably wouldn't have been received as well as it was because no. that's that was just a a genius way to end the movie because they knew, hey, you know what, this we have a solid movie here, but how can we just finish people off and send them leaving the theater in complete wowment? Yeah. And that was it. Because for me, I've always felt that Rogue One always relied heavily on the nostalgia feel. Because st- some of the standalones are doing that, right? I mean, even Solo a bit did. I mean, the oh, whole yeah. Han Solo concept, that's kind of the purpose of the standalones, I think. that Those are their fan service movies. Those are their fan service movies. And without that scene, because if you think about it, a lot of people, when I always talk to them about Rogue One, they always say the Darth Vader scene. Darth Vader scene. Well, what about the rest of the movie? Do you? Uh, what about Jen like, Asho? What about Jen Asho? What about Jen Asho? What about, what about all those? Jen Asho. And a lot of people can't. Uh, many times I, I've talked to people, they can't go into detail about anything else yeah. in Rogue One. Yeah, I, I always talk about Jen Asho. 
Here's a big old thick ass. <laughs> All right, you know what? We need to go to a very quick break, and then, Dave, when we get back, we're going to jump into the rest of the Star Wars news that we have on the docket today, and it's quite a bit. We'll be right back. scams on the street since I was 10. I was kicked out of the flight academy for having a mind of my own. I'm going to be a pilot. Best in the galaxy. Hey, kid. I'm putting together a crew. You in? That's yes. The Rain Man Show. The Rain Man Show. Please, Lauren, uh, we got a gem from Florida. Uh, okay. Pensacola woman mistakes 37 week pregnancy for bad Chinese food. <laughs> what? <laughs> She was actually 37 weeks pregnant. She was on the verge of giving birth to her second son. She's already been pregnant before. You Dude, this idiot. is like, how? Were you drunk the entire pregnancy before this? Probably. So uh, she called off work at 5 a.m. And an hour later, as the pain worsened, she woke her fiance up because they needed to call an ambulance. The stomach, the stomach pains were excruciating and I could hardly move. I think it was about 6.30 a.m. Wake when- up. This goddamn orange chicken's ripping a hole in me. Hold on. Wake up, Jan. Wake up. I think I ate too much at the local Chinese buffet. This oh. isn't too much of that moose shoe pork was going to do this. Oh, please. I, I need to go to the emergency room. Oh, please. One time I heard my cousin Elvira tell me something similar happened to her. She ate at the local little Chinese restaurant and she almost died. She had cream of Sicilian guy. Um, I should have had the steamed rice. <laughs> it escalated so quickly that I was having contractions and we figured out kind of what was going on because at first we really didn't know what was going on. But there was a doctor that... Uh, she said it was possible for a woman to learn of her pregnancy just hours before going into labor, but in her 20 years of practice, she's only witnessed it three times. Oh, please. Something's happened to my, my bowels. My bowels? You gotta take me to your emergency room, Jethro, please. I don't know what's happening. Oh, oh all right. Golly, get, get in the goddamn airboat. We'll drive on down to the for local. Some reason, the Chinese buffet's coming out of my pussy. I don't know why. <laughs> Star Wars from the back to tank. Uh, become pregnant with uh, Anakin, and the the mother basically makes the comment, it, "She doesn't know." I, I touched myself once with a, with an old lightsaber I found. <laughs> it's some How did you become pregnant? Well, I, I found an old lightsaber and I played. I rubbed it on myself and woo. I was pregnant. <laughs> Listen to the Star Wars from the Back to Tank late night replay Monday through Friday, starting at 1 a.m. Pacific, only on Rain Man Channel 001. Listen from the Rain Man digital app or tune in. Just search RN Channel 001. This is madness. 
We're back. If you miss any part of this broadcast, you can always find us on Stitcher and iTunes. Just search Star Wars From the Back to Tank. Leave us reviews. Give us thumbs up. All those good things. Tweet us at From Back to Tank. Also Facebook. Facebook.com slash Star Wars From the Back to Tank. Hit us up. Let us know you love us. You like us. You disagree with us. I'm not sensitive. (laughs) I may tell you to go fuck yourself if I don't like what you say, but I'm not sensitive. You're not going to hurt my feelings. I'm not George Lucas. Well, maybe if I had people constantly telling me to hate me, maybe. But so far, I'm okay. It would weigh on you, wouldn't it? No, I I don't need any fan art, Dave. I'm telling you right now. (laughs) Even if people make fun of me, I don't need you to do any fan art for me. I'm going to be okay. What's that old saying that your mother told you in school, in grade school? Sticks and stones? Right? They may break my bones. But words will never harm me. I think we need to go back to old school parentage like that, right? Just send a tweet to Kelly Marie Tran and say that. Like, hey, Kelly Marie Tran, sticks and stones, sticks and stones, love. <laughs> All right. So ever since the backlash against Disney's Star Wars, uh, there's been uh, a little movement going on to I don't know where people come up with these things, but they want Kevin Fag to take over. Is it Fag? Fahey. Oh, I always thought it was Fag. Like, uh. An Italian saying the three-letter F word. <laughs> it's Fahey? Yes. Are you Fahey. sure? Because I've heard it multiple because times Jeff in Because Jeff Fahey, you don't say spell it like that. I'm going to believe you, though, because you're the comic book nerd. Yeah. Uh, Kevin Fahey? Fahey. Fahey uh, should take over Lucasfilm from Kathleen Kennedy. <laughs> As if the Marvel Cinematic Universe isn't enough for this man. Let's throw Star Wars at him. Let's let's break him. <laughs> Listen, I, I like Kevin Fahey. I think he's done a great job. I don't know his last name. But, or, yeah, I don't know his name, obviously. <laughs> I like what he's done with Marvel. He's done a great job. But Kathleen Kennedy is, I think, the only person I want handling Star Wars right now. Yes, I agree with you because, like... She's the old school. We already went through her resume last week and, and on numerous other shows... Um, I want someone old school handling it. I want someone who understands Star Wars from the very conception. I, I don't want anybody new. Kevin Faye, he's a great comic book guy, I, but I don't want to see him take control of something like Star Wars. And also, do you think he can really handle it and do it just by handling two major franchises? Please. No. There's no way. For me, Kathleen Kennedy and people like Kathleen Kennedy and Dave Filoni are the last connections that Star Wars has to to its creator. To the old Lucas. class. To the old, to the old class. class. Yeah. And you lose that. We lose something. We lose something. Yeah. Because and, like, and maybe if she were to have a protege, let's say she has someone working under her, and then when she's finally ready to retire and she passes that baton to her protege, that's different as well. Because then we have someone who is also trained by someone from the old class that understands the movies and the cinema and the old you know, Cinescape of, of capturing people, the old school way of escapism. Um, now, this article is taken from StarWarsNewsNet.com, and it goes into this whole entire topic, and it starts by saying, ever since backlash against Disney, Star Wars has gained more of a foothold over certain portions of the Internet. There have been calls for Lucasfilm President Kathleen Kennedy to resign, even though the article says, I might add, she has produced four movies that made upwards of $4 billion globally. And were all critical successes with only one release flopping due to an overinflated budget and questionable marketing. Yes. And I would definitely agree with, I would agree with both with of those. I think there's also more to it than just that. But those are definitely two key uh, elements. 
Uh, one such candidate to replace her is a scenario that has no chance of realistically happening. Thankfully, is Marvel Studios president Kevin Fahey working on half a dozen Marvel films. And at any given time, here's why Fahey replacing Kendi would be a remarkably terrible idea for Disney. I, I don't really want to get into all of it, but it's a good platform for our own discussion, Dave. Um, but yeah, Fahey's too busy. There's no way he's going to be able to tackle all films and do just for even Marvel. You don't, you think Disney wants that? Disney is not stupid. Disney's going to be like, whoa, wait a second. You, we have a great thing going on over here with the MCU. We are, we are killing it. We are breaking records. We're making history. We're creating pieces of entertainment that people are loving. Why would we, why would we give you more work when we need your focus here? Exactly. It just wouldn't happen. It wouldn't happen. And also, let's just give it a rest with the Kathleen Kennedy stuff. I mean, for over $4 billion. She's already earned back more than the initial investment of LucasArts or Lucasfilm. So I, I, think, I think Star Wars is in good hands for the time being. She's had four movies, and she's, she, they've all made great money, except for the last one due to some fucked up marketing and other issues. But besides that... I think it's in good hands moving forward. Now, if we were to see another two or three movies come out and they start to, you know, fizzle a bit in terms of box office performance, then we may have an issue. But up to now, I, I think it's, uh, I think as, it's as we discussed fine. last week, and if you missed our last week's show, check it out on iTunes and Stitcher. Just search from the back to tank. We we get into detail about uh, the ins and outs of the box office performance and uh, the pros and cons, the ups and downs and the whys as to um why there's a general bad feeling or bad juju vibe within Star Wars right now, the fandom. Yes. So we're not going to regurgitate that. We're not going to regurgitate it. Um, All right. Also, first details on Solo, a Star Wars stories, Blu-ray revealed. Blu-ray revealed. Uh, I'm not really into little bells and whistles for DVDs. I just want the movie with some awesome behind the scenes. However, uh, right after the release of the film, some early details have emerged on the Blu-ray options. Fans have for solo a Star Wars story have appeared while no release date has appeared as of yet, which I'm willing to bet it's going to come out a lot sooner uh, than past Star Wars movies um, because of the poor box office performance. And now the positive word of mouth that's happening. They're probably going to save money by pulling the movie a little earlier because it costs millions of dollars to keep it in the theater. And if it's not bringing in the money they want, even though it's bringing in about 2.5 to 3 million a day, which is pretty steady. It's actually an uptick from the first week. So even though we see a steady flow of numbers, I think they're going to end up pulling it a little earlier and then getting it out to DVD a lot sooner because of the word of mouth. And they're hoping to make their, their money back off of DVD sales and come and and, and the fact that the release date will be moved up. I have no, I have no, like I bet you, dude, that once the DVD comes out, Solo's going to actually probably see a, a, a skyrocket in sales. Oh, for sure, and you're going to see all the 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 fan review sites like Rotten Tomatoes. You're going to see that that percentage increase even increase. more. That movie's going to end up finishing off at eighty percent Rotten Tomatoes, guaranteed, if not higher, for fans. For would, fans, yes, I would be really surprised if it doesn't. Because like because I haven't heard anything negative from Star Wars fans. Yeah. That, that that's the biggest there's thing been too. a few here and there but for the most part you go through social media and it's just positivity yeah and most 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 of the complaints that about solo is just like what we said it's mainly like the production 
the the, the fact that basically marketing wasn't put in much marketing right, wasn't right, put yeah. into it, mm-hmm. and then you put it right at the end of honestly the tail end of the summer blo- uh, right before the summer blockbusters. Yeah, yeah, I can see that happening. You're going to sure. get burned out as an audience. Yeah. So of course sales are going to be down, but I guarantee you, man, this when that Blu-ray comes out. It'll probably be the number one selling Blu-ray for a while. Now, there's a few places that fans might want to pick these up. Best Buy is going to have a 4K Ultra HD Steelbook, which features a sweet look at the Millennium Falcon. Uh, also, fans can also get a Target exclusive Blu-ray, and it will have a little Millennium Falcon model that yes. comes with it. And the model so, looks actually pretty cool. It does. Uh, unfortunately, there's no special features that have been revealed or listed yet. However, um, Due to social media, uh, John Kasdan has let a few things slip that's not official, but not only does it give us some clues as to what we're going to see on the DVD, which these are going to be some of the most sought at after scenes, I think, for me as a Star Wars fan, because these are things we talked about. We did our our Redux review for Patreon subscribers, patreon.com slash Digital, and we get into even more in-depth discussion on this secondary review we've done of solo and what do we talk about we talk about the first act and how it could have benefited from being slowed down just a bit and sure enough dave based on tweets there was quite a bit cut from the opening act yeah so it'd be it's gonna be interesting to see what exactly was cut out because well check this out we have a list here and I'm, I'm assuming this is going to be on the DVD because Joe Kasdan is talking to fans as if it's going to. He says, uh, let's see here. Um, he said, enjoyed it. I uh, wish it had taken a few more risks, though, which I don't I, That's the new buzzword is I wish the movie would have taken more, more risks. Can I you, hate that. I'm word. like, can you define that for me, asshole? Like, what is that? That's what I would say. If I was Joe Kasdan, I'd be like, please define risk. Because it's a popular buzzword that you see a lot of people do now for movies like for reviewers. The Marvel movies and these these would be couch reviewers that yes. say, hey, I wish the movie was really good, but I wish it took more, more risk. risk. Like, what the fuck does that mean? More risk. <laughs> what do you want? Like Han Solo to whip his dick out and cure to suck it? What type of risk are you talking about, motherfucker? <laughs> it just makes me angry. What are you talking about? What risks? First off, the very concept. Let me just tackle this for a second here, Dave. I'm all fired up today. Look out. <laughs> I got my Red Bull. I got my pink panties on. I'm ready. First off, the idea of Solo, when they first had planned it, we had discussed leading up to the, the release that it makes sense for them to go for these high concept ideas that can connect with audiences immediately. Rogue One, the Death Star. Yes. Han Solo. Han Solo. That's why they're choosing some of these standalones. They're easy concepts for people to understand and swallow. So the concepts are easy, but the idea of tackling Solo and recasting them, you don't call that a fucking risk? You don't call recasting Harrison Ford and putting another person in Han Solo's boots, you don't call that a fucking risk? That's a huge fucking risk. Right there alone, the concept of recasting Harrison Ford is one of the biggest risks they have taken since the buyout of 2012. Can That's you imagine, scary. David, if you and I were running Star Wars and, uh, you know, say Thomas Cowley, he's a host on this network. If people don't know this, says, Hey guys, I got an idea. He's, I'm like, he's like an apprentice. All right, Dave, you and I are the overlords. We own Lucasfilm. I'm like, well, we just bought this from Disney, Dave. 
I want to do a couple standalones. We already know we're going to do the Skywalker uh, saga. That that's, a, good. that's a given. That sounds good. Yeah, okay. Um, and then Th- Thomas is all, hey, guys, do a Han Solo reboot. Ha, 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 ha. We're like, what the? F- I- I'd fire him. <laughs> because that idea scares the shit out of me. As, as a producer, that would scare the shit out of me. You're asking me. Your idea is to recast Harrison fucking Ford. If that's not a risk, I don't know, I don't know what, what is. is. Yeah, exactly. And Maybe that, this guy wants Han Solo to like have sex without a condom on. Is that risk? <laughs> is that risk enough? That's all like, like, what do you want? Solo triple X. That's that'll come out soon. Don't worry. <laughs> Solo triple X will come out soon. That's a risk. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't understand people when they make comments like that. Uh, so Joe Kasdan, he says, I can't wait for you to see those deleted scenes on the Blu-ray. Hold on, let me backtrack here. After he says that obnoxious thing of taking risks, he says some more backstory on Han's time as an Imperial cadet would have been appreciated. Even though he enjoyed the movie. But he, you know, he can't just say, dude, fucking great job. He has to also belittle. Belittle. So Joe Kasdan, as gracious as he's been, has says, can't wait for you to see those deleted scenes on the Blu-ray. They're pretty fun and feature cameos by the most important characters in the entire Star Wars canon. Tag and Bink. So he said, so allegedly, I think we can put that right there in the list of Blu-ray specials. We're going to see an actual deleted scene with Tag. He continues by saying Tag and Bink were left off, sadly, on the cutting room floor, despite my strong objection. Look for them in the deleted scenes. They were there working menial Menial security jobs when Ham was brought before the disciplinary committee at the Imperial Academy at Corrida. Yeah. And the funny part is a lot of people knew about this, uh, knew about this when Ron Howard actually posted a picture uh, with, yes. Him, yes. with him standing next. I think it was uh, I think it was the, the actor portraying tag. And I was like going, that was actually brilliant. Yeah. And. I I honestly think that I'm really excited to actually see what the deleted scenes are because that was one of the things that me and you touched on was like maybe if we saw more of Cadet, uh, uh, Cadet Solo in action, it would have been more interesting and actually made even the, the first act even more, that much more stronger. Yeah. So. But doesn't that make you feel good, though, Dave? It does. We, we were right when we said the first act was could have benefited from a few additional scenes. And what specifically did we say? We it would have been nice to see him actually. Um, it, it, he talks about being kicked from the Academy for having a mind of its own. So to actually see that when he says Joe Kazan says when Han Solo was brought before the disciplinary committee at the Imperial Academy. Again, I love Solo. I don't feel like it's a deal breaker, but it would have been cool to see that little. I mean, how long is that going to take? Five, ten minutes? Oh, yeah. And those scenes are the ones that basically eh, could add to something. Yeah. But are they important? Not really. That's why. That's why. But it adds and it, it, it probably adds. helped slow down the first act just a bit, too. So it would have been cool to see it. But also when you take into account, maybe, you know, when you're from the editorial side of things, Ron Howard's looking at it and says, you know what? This creates more jumping because if you imagine you jump from him and Kira, right? Then you jump into his his exploits in the Imperial Academy. Then you jump to the scene that he meets Beckett. Then you jump to the train high. Suddenly we're just jumping. 
Yeah. So maybe Ron Howard's like, you know what? I, I love this scene, but it doesn't mean a whole lot to the story. And rather than having a story that feels like we're jumping all over the place, let's take it out. And dude, that I'm glad you touched on, uh, touched on that because that's my problem with Rogue One. The beginning my, of Rogue One jumps to like seven different planets in the opening like what, the 15 opening minutes. Yeah. And the the one thing that I'm really psyched about for the Blu-ray is actually Ron Howard's. Oh, we yeah. all get commentary. Director commentary, getting a, a, a gauge of Ron Howard. Do you think we're going to get commentary from Phil Lord and Chris Miller as well? <laughs> <laughs> I like how you could, you could, you could take it seriously, could you? No, I was you trying could. to have a straight you face. Tried, I could. You tried, but I know you couldn't. How awesome would it be, like commentary from the fired directors? Like they release it on their own. I, like, I might be, I might like them if they do something like that. Like, <laughs> hey guys, we have our own bootleg uh, commentary. Check it out, and they just talk shit the whole time. They talk shit. I hate Ron Howard. We're working at, we're working at MTV now. Fuck <laughs> this guy. This is our idea. This right here, this is our idea. Fuck this guy. Okay. I hate you. I hate you, Opie coming here. <laughs> Potty mouth. <laughs> All right, so Joe Kasdan continues with his tweets to fans. Uh, Skywalking Neverland says, looking forward to seeing more of Kira and the, or I'm sorry, Infus Ness and the Cloud Riders. Was there ever a consideration to go with original Cloud Rider leader Sergi X from the classic Marvel Star Wars comics? Joe Kasdan says, Infus and gang have been a part of all the drafts. It was Chris and Phil who latched on to the idea of calling them Cloud Riders from the comics. They wanted to riff on the idea of a Star Wars biker gang. But I think, and he says in quotes, I am grateful they were always determined to make it their own. So, look, Phil Lord, Chris Miller. There you go. Bringing bringing something. Bringing something. And I'm sure they're going to say that in their bootleg commentary special coming soon. (laughs) That was our idea. It was our idea. We wanted them to be all in leather and wanted a biker gang. Uh, it's funny. Uh, Ron Howard shares his feelings about Solo. And I kind of felt bad for him because he's so excited for doing this. And he kind of. He kind of um, it's kind of a George Lucas moment. It, kind it of sounds uh, like he was making an apology. And I'm it, like, Wait, he doesn't have to apologize it, for it. It wasn't an apology. I think he feels he probably is depressed because he probably feels just like we do, that this is a fucking great movie. And and even though if you look at his his Twitter feed, dude, everyone talking to him is there's no trolling. No one's trolling Ron Howard. Everyone's saying I went through hundreds of tweets and everyone's saying positive things to him. So he knows the movie is being well received. It's also being critically well received, but the box office dollars aren't there. And that's got to hurt the fact that people aren't going to the theater screen to see this and they're going to end up watching it on DVD. And he says this on, and not to say DVD is a bad way to go, but when you're a filmmaker and you make a grand epic like this, you want people to experience it the way it was intended. And this is what he says in his tweets is I'm proud of solo and the cast and crew worked hard to give fans a fun new addition. As a director, I feel badly when people who I believe and he puts an exit polls show will very likely enjoy a movie. Don't see it on a big screen with great sound. So he's disappointed that not as many people as he would like, or I'm sure Lucasfilm would like to go see it at the theater. It is a different experience. I mean, you'd have to, I don't know about your, your thoughts on this, but there's like a filmmaking uh, idea is the fact that there is a difference to seeing it in the theater and seeing it just in 
on a DVD. There's a difference in sound quality. Oh yeah, no, me. nobody has the high end. Very few people have that high end screen and sound that costs you know hundreds of thousands of dollars in their home where they can get that full impact. And with a movie like this, you definitely want that impact. If you're going to see the local, you know, the next rom com, then yeah, you don't need that. The next hokey comedy from you know Sandra Bullock, then yeah, you don't need to go to a theater to see that. But for these types of movies, it's better experienced on the big screen with sweet ass sound. Especially since so much detail has been put into the sound design in Solo. Yeah. Oh, a lot. There, there's been there's so much detail in it that you you'll miss it. You'll uh, and I personally missed it when I saw it in the theater. I mean, like we discussed it in uh, one of our past shows about uh, the train scene and realizing that basically what I missed it in the sound design, but Ron Howard, ha- there is some uh, truth to what Ron Howard's saying is like, if you see it on a DVD or a Blu-ray in your little TV, no matter how good your sound system is, you might miss that detail. Yeah. All right. We're running out of time, Dave. So I don't know if we have, I don't know if we're going to have enough time to get into everything. I didn't realize we're already moving into the second hour almost in the next few <laughs> minutes here. There's uh, a lot so to talk about. Let's let's save. We have more solo discussions. So let's um let's see here. You know what? Let's just do it. All right. So because of solo, and this is something we got into in our various reviews and discussions. Um, but because of solo, and now that Lucasfilm and Kathleen Kennedy did the fans a solid with this movie i feel more hopeful in the possibility to see of seeing some of our faves from the expanded universe and i know dave i was wrong and i said this in our very first review of solo what did i say i i admitted that i was wrong because up until solo i said we're never going to see due to the mainstream's need to understand the movie you're just not going to see a lot of our expanded universe characters like Darth Maul's rebirth, like Dr. Afra, like Triple Zero and BD, like Sansa, Solo. You're just not going to see certain characters that, that have been reintroduced into Star Wars canon or newly introduced. We're not going to see them take the forefront in movies because you have to cater to the mainstream, not, not the elite Star Wars fans who are involved in everything. And obviously, they, I was wrong. Obviously, yeah. When this you movie, take a look at Solo, this was tailored made for the hardcore fan. Yes, and it was littered with with Star Wars expanded universe moments that we went into in our Patreon discussion. So now, Dave, now that we know that Lucasfilm is willing to do this, right? That they are willing to introduce things from expanded universe and even things from Legacy back into Star Wars. I have more confidence that we're going to see a lot more cool shit from the expanded universe being brought into the movies like Dr. Afra and Dave, I want to ask you and I want to get an opinion from our listeners as well who are invested in the expanded universe. Please tweet us at from back to tank or facebook.com slash star Wars from the back to tank. And let us know what expanded universe character would you like to see? And let's stick to the new ones, Dave, new characters, because you can dig up. I can dig up a a thousand from legends, but new characters. What do you want to see be brought into a live action medium like a movie or possibly even the TV shows that are coming out. Let's start with you, Dave, of course. What would you like to see? Is there somebody out there that you have really been drawn to 
uh, from the comic books or the cartoons. Number one, and this will, uh, this character number one is by far, I think the most important character to the current Star Wars EU Mm -hmm. is Ezra. I need to see Ezra because here the thing was Rebels. We didn't expect a lot out of Rebels, but four seasons of watching this character grow became some of the best Star Wars. And his, a lot of people are saying, "Well, his his story arc's done." No, it's not. Oh, we don't know what happened to him. His he disappeared. First chapter is his first chapter is done. Just like Ahsoka's first chapter was done in Clone Wars, and her second chapter was done in Star Wars Rebels. There's always different chapters and there's closure. Otherwise, if there wasn't any closure in Star Wars Rebels with Ezra, it would have been, uh, you know, people would have sh- thrown a shit fit. Thrown in fact, fit. I would have been one of them. But okay, I so Ezra. want Ezra. Ezra, I think it'd be a really bold move for Kathleen Kennedy to take one of the characters that the current Star Wars uh, story group created. They created Ezra. This, this group created Ezra. And take Ezra like kind of like how they're they're doing how they're doing with Darth Maul. They showed Darth Maul in the comics his early life. They showed Darth Maul in his later life in the cartoon. Now we're going to see supposedly his middle life in the movies. Yeah, I say do the same thing with Ezra. We saw him in his early life and in, in, in Rebels. Now well, let's see what happens to him in the movies yeah. and, and, and later on. I wouldn't mind saying him. And the movies or TV shows for sure. Um, my pick, and I know this is going to sound silly, but I want to see Triple Zero and Beatty, <laughs> and possibly even Doctor Afra. I think Doctor Afra would be really cool if you have the three of them and and include Vader in the mix somehow. You have to. Well, yeah, she was she to. was birthed by way of a Vader story. She was introduced in Vader. So it would make sense. She's very closely connected. Her her character arc is is very closely connected and tied to Vader. And it comes around the time of what? Between Star Wars and Empire? Yes. And there's so much you can do with your character. So it's, it's very feasible to assume that she's also alive after Return of the Jedi. So they can really bring her back in. And you can bring back the mysticism of Star Wars as well through her character because she's a what an archaeologist. Because she's like a space Indiana Jones in a lot yeah. of ways, right? Oh, yeah. Like a better Tomb Raider, in my opinion. She She's the Tomb Raider of basically the Star Wars uh, universe. Yeah, and she's a lesbian and she has big boobs. So, I mean, there's just one. I mean, the fanboys and, you know, the little boys out there, the 12 year olds are going to be like, whoa, my penis. It just moved. <laughs> it just moved. <laughs> uh, so I would like to see her and Triple Zero and BD are two of my favorite new droids in this new era of Star Wars. Uh, I know a lot of people love K2SO, but I feel like BD and... Uh, Triple Zero are They're some special. of the multi, <laughs> most unique and dark droids we have ever seen. Yeah. K2SO was sarcastic. Yeah. You know, we got to see uh, L3, uh, L3L7 in Solo. She was cool. But there is nobody in, in the, they, they've ever shown a droid like BD and, uh, uh, I forgot. Triple Zero. Triple Zero. Yeah. Nobody. Because we're talking about two droids that basically want to kill people. Yeah. That's their whole entire (laughs) goal in life. That's their whole goal in life. And they refer to people as flesh bags. Now, Dave, I like L3. I love what they did with her. 
Uh, she's a little annoying because she's too loud and boisterous. But, but I liked her because her personality fits what they did with her. Yes. Making her a part of the Falcon. And suddenly you realize why the Falcon's so temperamental. Yes. I loved it. I thought that was cool. But getting into the droid aspect, we need to be careful where we go with droid rights. Because <laughs> the only, not because I don't like what they're doing with it. I think it's cool. And they, they've kind of always new hope we don't serve their kind and yeah, we've we never we've never here. truly truly expanded upon that and i know something new that they're doing in this new era of star wars is they have that droid movement it's been in some of the books now yes and that's fine i think it works but you got to be careful because we don't do we really want to get into that metaphysical uh posing those metaphysical metaphysical questions of are they alive or are they just programs because that's going to change the very being of star wars the very um, not being the very concept of droids in Star Wars, I guess is a better way of saying it, because droids are programs. Droids have personalities, but we clearly show that they've been programmed in certain ways. I agree to you to a degree, because like I think if they were to actually continue on that stuff, now they could do it more. They could continue it like with the what they did in Solo and make it more have that comedic touch to it. Or you don't think it turns Star Wars into something different with these droids, or do you think it it'll would, help? Or it do you would. Th- or do you think it'll help justify some of our characters like IG eighty eight? That's the thing. Like R two, like C three PO. These characters that we've seen grow throughout the years, characters that have a drive and a purpose and a kinship and for a their masters and a personality. Would it help some way in d- explaining this? Absolutely, because like, and or do gotta, we even need it? Do we even need it? Uh, I I don't think it's needed, but it would be a very fascinating story because if you take into context of what Obi-Wan, his definition of the force, it flows through us. It's a for, it's an energy force that surrounds everything. And then you also living, living, uh, but Yoda actually said that basically that rock, that tree, that, you know, everything is surrounded by Everything is surrounded by the force. Yeah. So if you were to take Yoda's uh, definition. It's around. It's around. It's, it's not around. a part. It's not in it. That's like saying, hey, the the rock I just threw into the ocean is now ocean. I'm like, why would you say that? Well, because the water's around the rock. It doesn't change the the composition of the rock to liquid. It's still a rock. So and that's the thing that would bring up really cool metaphysical stories that you could touch on of what is a droid. But you're right. It would change what Star Wars is because then you're just making Star Wars into Blade Runner. Yeah. And you're turning it into every other dystopian future, future bleak with bleak dro- and, and stuff like Cylon. That. I mean, the list goes on and on. I don't think Star Wars needs to get into it, but they do got to be careful because they are working a lot in that direction with the books and now with i think l3 is probably the most obvious yes where they have a definitive personality and kind of a drive um i don't know i, I, think, I guess i mean time will tell right and, and you, gotta, you gotta the biggest question i've always had it's a silly question but like when i whenever i read star wars stories and stuff like that or read the comics i always think to myself okay the, so you're telling me that these two droids, like let's take uh, let's take the ones that you like from Doctor Afra. Mm-hmm. These two droids, they're programmed to enjoy killing people. Right? Who would program a droid to kill? <laughs> I would to have that toxic Star Wars fans. They hate on everything. I wish I had some <laughs> droids to go after them. I want 
I, I want you to kill all these people. A social media AI, if you will, to attack all toxic fans. That, <laughs> that just so awesome. takes over their social media feed and then kind of gets into their system somehow, their body, and then just they just collapse. <laughs> <laughs> That's not a threat. Please, nobody call the police on me. I have no plans, nor do I have the the know-how to create such technology. Doesn't exist. There's my disclaimer. That is my disclaimer. All right. Last bit of news is some of the most exciting Star Wars news I've heard in a long time. And it's more from the gaming front. And that's why I always leave the gaming news for the end, just because there may be people out there, Dave, that just don't like video games. Right. Yes. All right. True. So announced. This is huge. Huge. Because this is exactly what we were talking about last week. Yes. Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order has been announced. Yes. Last week. During EA Play, Electronic Arts and Developer Respawn Entertainment revealed some major new details about their previously announced Star Wars game, including its name and release date. Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order is set to arrive during the holiday season of 2019. How exciting is that? Oh, dude, it, it's, it's I'm going to try to hold I'm going to try to hold my my brain in check because I have my own feelings about how E3 went. But one of the this was by far one of the biggest announcements for a Star Wars game. Yeah. Forget Battlefront 2. This is what we've been waiting for. This is what we've been waiting for. We wanted to actually know if they're going to do a Star Wars story video game. Well, this is the thing, Dave, and. I'm hoping, I think you and I will be on the same page here, but the synopsis for this story, okay, it says Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. From Respawn Entertainment comes a brand new action adventure game, which tells an original Star Wars story, which is what we've been waiting for, Yes, around a surviving Padawan set shortly after the events of Star Wars Episode Three: Revenge of the Sith. Now, since Lucasfilm has been sold to Disney, they have built upon the last Padawan as being Kanan. Yes. Or Caleb Doom. Yeah. So logic dictates that this is a story about Kanan. It has to be. Why would you then backtrack from your entire purpose? And it would make Wouldn't sense. it feel odd, Dave, if they do an actual Star Wars story about a surviving Padawan Shortly after the events of Revenge of the Sith, and it's not Kanan, wouldn't it feel weird and kind of disingenuous that they're not willing to actually use the character that we were introduced to as, as the, the last, last Padawan? And yeah, you bring up a really valid point. It has to be, right? Yes. But here's the flip coin to that. Mm -hmm. Are we going to actually say then that every at, at the end of Revenge of the Sith, because everyone constantly said, well, some Jedi survived. Right. Right. So... If we're going to say that Caleb uh, or Kanan is the last Padawan, are we going to say that basically all the children were killed? Right. That's kind of dicey. I, I understand where you're coming from. However, he has been promoted as the last Padawan. He, I'm not saying it's, it's definitive that there can't be any other. There absolutely can. But when you have branded... Kanan as the last Padawan, he kind of has to be the focus of your story. Now, through this story, let's say we learn that there are other Jedi. 
that's fine. But the importance of the last Padawan has to remain on him. Otherwise, why do we have these comic books called that? Why do we have Star Wars Rebels? What's the importance of Kanan's training being the Jedi that trains Ezra, the new, the new, this new rogue Jedi of sorts that yes. has survived moving into the events taking place after Return of the Jedi? So I'm not saying there can't be other surviving Jedi. It would absolutely, it would absolutely make sense for there to be. But use Padawan to explore those. Use Padawan. Use Kanan to explore those possibilities. Yes. Does that make sense? And would you agree with that? I would agree with that. I would agree with that because, like, number one, I'd be really excited to see a video game based around Kanan because Kanan, honestly, is one of my favorite characters. Yeah. EU for sure. He's cool. To do a video game on that character would really add to his mythos because we don't know what he did before New Dawn. He just shows up. We know a, we know a little bit <laughs> know from the little, comic book, the last pad one. A but, little of the comic book because mm-hmm. it tells of how he escaped. Yeah. Uh, how he escaped the planet. Right. That's it. After that, he goes into hiding. Okay. What, what, how did, how did Kanan go from that to Caleb Doom yeah. to Kanan? Yeah. I think in Rebels. Dude, yeah, I agree. I, I think it would make a lot of sense. And I think it would also, it would make a lot of people happy. They, they would be doing a, a, a few things, correct? Number one, it would, it would immediately appeal to the millions of Star Wars Rebels fans. Number one. Number two, People who didn't give Star Wars Rebels a chance, but our gamers are so suddenly going to be like, who's this Kanan character? And what are they going to do? They're going to go back and read the new Dawn. They're going to go check out Star Wars Rebels because now suddenly they are interested in this character. So it would be smart to stick to what we know in terms of our character. Yes. All right, also less exciting. Uh, EA also has begun the Clone Wars content. Uh, what I mean, begun. They have begun working on it. It is announced that Electronics Art, Electronic Arts officially announced that additional Clone Wars era content, highly requested by fans, is coming yes. to Star Wars Battlefront 2. Finally, after two a year and a half of being out, uh, starting this fall, hero characters including Anakin Skywalker, Obi-Wan Kenobi, Sith Lord Count Dooku, and General Grievous will enter the game, along with new location Geonosis one of the prequel trilogy's most iconic worlds and the site of the first Clone Wars battle. Time to decide if you're within the Republic or Separatist. Separatist. The, the, uh, only, the uh, only thing about that... It, it's so late. It's yeah. so fucking late. <laughs> no, no, dude. How, how, Dave, I, I'm going to tell you. I, I'm going to be a toxic fan for one second, but it has nothing to do with Star Wars. It has everything to do with fucking EA. Yes. Dude, I have tried be on side on the side of battlefront everybody knows this thomas callie and i have had arguments which him and i never argue we were arguing about ea i was making fun of him about it about his hatred towards it uh, but then you know on tuesday they officially this past tuesday officially announced the new solo season right yes and they promoted it as this big th- release of all the solo content and Alden N. writes, Solo is entering the arena. Chewbacca, Lando, all these characters are going to be introduced from Solo. So I take the morning off of work because I'm a Star Wars nerd and my son loves Star Wars and he and he loves Solo. Absolutely loved it. And he loves Battlefront 2. So I took the morning off so that him and I can sit down and play the game together and make it special, much like the days of going to see a Star Wars movie on release day, right? Yeah. So I figured let's make this event. My son and I will wake up, sit down eight in the morning, have some breakfast, play the solo season. We get 
to playing, we open up the game and we realize Solo is a what's the word I'm looking for, Dave? <laughs> not, not not a mod. It's a it, it, skin. It's a fucking skin. Yes. It's not even the <laughs> you can't play as young Han Solo. It's a skin added to the Han Solo character. Yes. So basically, they released a skin. So now you have old Han Solo, you have medium Han Solo, medium, uh, middle-aged Han Solo, and you have young Han Solo. And you have Lando from Return of the Jedi and Lando from Solo. But they're not their individual characters. They're just skins. I'm like, this isn't a fucking release. How much <laughs> I can make a skin right now for, for a game that would st- take maybe me because I don't have the skill set. I can probably take a week to build, make a skin. And for these people who are programmers, who this is what they do, dude, making a skin is like five minutes of work. Yeah, it is. Five and- minutes of work to make a skin, and you're telling me that's all it is, and that's not what they said in any other promotion. In any other promotional marketing, they never said the word skin. They said the release of Alden and Wright's character will be playable. Yes. For 300,000 credits. So not only do you not even get it right away. You have to earn it, which, okay, fine. But what about the $80 that I put into all the stuff that you made free? Exactly. And now you're, now you're selling the game for $19 <laughs> and still want me to buy Solo for 300,000 credits or for some ridiculous amount. I, dude, I've been on EA side now for a long time, and I finally, on Tuesday morning, was at my wit's end. Yeah. My son's <clears throat> disappointment is what sent me over the edge because we're so excited. <laughs> we thought we're going to play Solo, and it's a fucking skin. Yep. And that's why I said on, uh, when I watched the whole, because I watched all of E3. Because I, I was uh, really intrigued what's going to happen. I watched EA. I watched EA's presentation of Battlefront. Dude. When they show the... It, it, it has to tell you something that basically... That the audience... The way the audience reacted to their to their announcement. Oh, here's some new skins uh, that's going to show up for the new heroes in Galactic Empire. They show General Grievous. Yeah. People are applauding, yeah. and then all of a sudden they get to Count Dooku. No one's applauding. And I'm like going, wow, this should hopefully tell EA, they, they, people they, don't give a shit they, about they, skins. Yeah. I, skins weren't cool since, uh, remember when skins became a thing for like um, media players, when you're building a, a cool little website from the early 2000s and you had a media player, you're like, ooh, a cool skin. I can make this look like camouflage. And this one looked pink skins get the hell out of here with skins <laughs> that, that and that's that's the thing is like i was shocked the fact that they did this whole presentation on battlefront 2 and then we have this announcement of hey respawn's working on star wars uh jedi fallen order and it's like and we 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 could really use that <laughs> we- yeah well at least they really they were smart enough to release uh to release both sets of information together for the excitement because obviously star wars fallen fallen order, fallen ha- order took is- the took the the brunt of the excitement which should they should have because if they had released just this this uh battlefront news of clone wars era stuff that's fine i'm happy to play count dooku i've been asking for this for a long time i don't understand why how how do you not have access to play obi-wan kenobi in battlefront how do you not have access to play Anakin effing Skywalker? Skywalker. 
How do you not have access to play the core characters of Star Wars on Battlefront? And the game has been out for what? How long now? Seven months? And you yes. still, and they have, still have not released these core characters? And the thing about Anakin, is it going to be Anakin Skywalker as a playable character? Or is it going to be a skin connected to the Vader character? I will guarantee you it's a skin connected to the That's Vader character. That's such horse shit. That's ba- that's Bantha Poodoo. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we need to close out this discussion. Thank you, David, for uh, joining me today. Thank you. And also, all the listeners out there, please find us on Stitcher and iTunes. Tell us you love us. Tell us you hate us. We need it. We need that uh, that positive reinforcement. Also, fan art, please. Sometimes I feel down. I feel down on myself, and I know David also feels down. Give us some fan art. I know. I know it does. I heard that it does wonders for the psyche. For the psyche. After after lots of verbal and psychological abuse, I heard fan art does wonders. It does. It does amazing wonders. Yes, pl- please give me some fan art. Thank you, David. May the force be with us. Hello, this is Stormtrooper One, and if you've missed any portion of the show, you can always head over to FromTheBackToTank.com and uh, listen to the show at your leisure. Uh, we're also on Stitcher, Smart Radio, Stitcher.com, search Bacta. And that is to your favorites. Thank you. And uh, listen responsibly. And may the force be with you. And long live. Thank you for listening to From the Back to Tank. And From the Back to Tank is executive produced by Michael Flores and Dustin Lucas. Hosted by Michael Flores, David Zabal. You can find out more about our show by going to www.fromthebacktotank.com. You can also find us on Twitter at FromBackToTank, as well as Facebook, facebook.com slash FromTheBackToTank. <laughs>